0: Well, we are almost through June, a month that much of the world is celebrating as Pride Month. Amidst the parades and widespread support for the LGBTQ community, Christianity has offered a rebuttal under the popular catchphrase, reclaiming the rainbow. While this effort may have good intentions, is it an adequate response to Pride Month? Welcome to Beggar and Bread. On June 1st, hundreds of big-name companies and sports teams edited their logos and social media to depict the colors of the newly updated rainbow flag, otherwise known as the pride flag. With the last year primarily focusing on ridding the United States of racism the lgbtq plus community has added black and brown stripes for the inclusion of the black community as well as pink blue and white to represent the transgender pride banner the flag has altogether become a mesh of pride for the marginalized not just the sexually marginalized as it has been historically i remember opening instagram on june 1st to see a rainbow not the new pride flag, a literal rainbow with captions contending that it always had an original and biblical meaning long before it was used by the LGBT as their pride flag. This is in reference to the well-known Bible story about Noah and the Ark. This story is found in Genesis 6 and spans until Genesis 9. It starts with an interesting passage, one that has stumped Christians before. The reason it can be confusing is found in verses 5 and 6, where we see that God only finds evil in the hearts of man. Because of the world being only evil continually, God, quote, regrets that he made man on earth and it grieves him to his heart. That's verse 6. His solution to the problem? Go back to square one. Thus, the story of Noah begins. Though Noah was a sinner, the Bible says he found favor in the eyes of God and would be protected from the means by which God will cleanse the earth of all evil, a worldwide flood. Fast forward to the end where we see God making a promise with Noah, and we see the biblical significance of the rainbow. Genesis 9.13 captures the essence of God and his covenant saying, I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. This bow is generally understood as the rainbow today that we do see after every rainfall. Every storm and every sun shower ushers in a reminder of the promise of God's mercy. Today, Christians, specifically of the conservative realm, feel the need to quote-unquote reclaim the rainbow's symbolism as a promise of mercy rather than a representation of pride. Make no mistake, I believe homosexuality, transgenderism, and bisexuality are sins. Acting upon such thoughts of sexual attraction is as damnable in the eyes of God as giving in to heterosexual lust or adultery. The Bible indeed condemns acts of homosexuality in passages like Romans 1:26 through 26-27, which says, "...for this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions." for their women exchanged natural relations, i.e. relations with a man and a woman, for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So it's clear just from that passage that at the end of verse 27, it says that they received themselves the due penalty for their error, for their sin. So it's clear that um, God opposes homosexual acts. If people come to the conclusion that this is too gray an area or it's not condemning all that is found in the LGBTQ plus community today, such as transgenderism or bisexuality, we can find God's design for marriage very clear and uncompromising. Ephesians 5.31 says that a man should leave his parents and cling to his wife, as the two become one until the end of the age. In creating Adam and Eve and binding them together in the Garden of Eden, God did not leave anything open for discussion as far as what gender Adam should marry. God's established order is a man and a woman. His purpose is both physical and spiritual multiplication of the image of God, so it is clear that the Bible both establishes the order of marriage and sexuality and opposes any deviation to such establishments. This is a serious issue. People will go to hell for being homosexual and living a life antithetical to God's design for romance, marriage, and sexuality. My concern, though, is that in fighting so militantly against sexual sin, We Christians forfeit the chance to share the gospel with a community that needs it desperately. This is the finest line to walk these days. Loving a community that promotes, quote, love is love, while claiming ourselves that love is much more than that. It's correction and reproof and care and discipline. With a heart for the sinner and a will to be bold, the Christian traverses dangerous ground in opposing the most potent phenomenon of our time. In even raising a finger against this worldwide movement, you risk drawing back a nub. So how do we oppose it? Is reclaiming the rainbow a good method in this endeavor? John Piper offers wise insight in his recent article titled, A Peculiar Disapproval of Gay Pride, which was published through DesiringGod.com on June twenty-second, 2021. I suggest you look at this episode's show notes and read the full article, but I would like to quote a portion of it here. He says, We disapprove of homosexuality to the glory of God by assessing right and wrong by his word. We disapprove to the glory of God by honoring the way he designed the natural sexual functions of the human body. We disapprove to the glory of God by standing ever ready with eagerness to forgive as he mercifully forgave us. We disapprove to the glory of God by longing and praying for the everlasting good and Christ-exalting joy of all those whose desires and practices we disapprove of. We disapprove to the glory of God by being willing to sacrifice for others to show that God himself is a greater reward than all self-exaltation or vengeance. That was a long quote, and it's toward the end of the article, so I suggest that you go back and read it. Um, but it's, it just shows how important it is to know what we're doing here as Christians. We can't just disapprove of something because it's sin. That's a means with no end. We can't just condemn something because it's, the Bible says it's wrong. We disapprove of sin as Christians so that we might reach an end. The end that is giving God all the more glory. So back to the original question, should we use the hashtag reclaim the rainbow or is there something else we should do? A popular Instagram page, Saints and Society, posted an original quote on June 1st saying, the rainbow is not a symbol for immorality. It is not something to be ashamed of or afraid of as Christians. It is a promise. The rainbow is good. It reminds us that God is faithful and true. Hashtag reclaim the rainbow. I appreciate Izzy, the girl who runs Saints and Society, for being bold in posting Biblical truths. This post, I believe, is a great assessment of Pride Month. While not abandoning the truth that homosexuality is, like other sins, an act of immoral hedonism, she does not claim any hatred of the people committing such acts. In fact, she later made a post rebuking a church that was condemning the homosexual community, the LGBT community, for going to hell and saying, oh, we wish that these people would go to hell. They deserve it. They don't deserve anything but hate. She goes on and condemns them. So it's a great balance here that she's found. And she also challenges the church to be unashamed of the colors of the rainbow. This is something that I think is very important for the church to understand. We should not be ashamed of the Noahic Covenant, for us as Christians, it is a beautiful, colorful sign of the faithfulness and mercy of God. That isn't anything to be ashamed of, but something that should be paraded in our lives. I guess it's a sort of irony that Christians are called to parade the mercies of God throughout their words and deeds. We oppose what Pride Month is celebrated for, but we parade what the rainbow truly means. And guess what? If, Lord willing, people in the LGBTQ plus community see their lifestyle as sin and turn to Christ, we rejoice in the moving hand of God. We don't judge or turn them away. As Christians, we must be the ones that they can turn to and find encouragement and discipleship in. If they don't turn to Christ but continue to chase this sin, as we have before, we must lovingly disapprove of their lifestyle. What breaks my heart is how difficult this is for many reasons. On one side, you've got gays, lesbians, transgender people, whoever in this community, and they see the hate that spills out of the minority of churches onto this group. They see it and become hostile to all things Jesus Christ and the church. They might also see the gospel as something unloving and super offensive or often seen as bigotry because it calls for a lifestyle change. Like Piper points out in his article, and Jesus pointed out with his ministry, following him always calls for self-sacrifice. Do you think that I feel comfortable giving up my self-loathing, my pride, my lust, my confidence in knowledge, whatever it might be? No, I don't. It's not natural for me to do, but every time I choose to, it's worth it. This is the same with the LGBT question. Christ calls for sacrifice. He calls for complete change. In fact, he calls for death to the self and rebirth in him. On the other side, you've got Christians boldly, ignorantly at times, opposing homosexuality or another gender-oriented sin without opposing the sin in their own lives. Worse, they spew hatred and embody nothing of the love, mercy, and grace of Christ. There are so many videos online of churches literally hating the gay community, hoping they go to hell, or saying that they should without ever mentioning the gospel that supposedly saved them in that old church. That's why it's important, now more than ever, that Christians lovingly rebuke Pride Month. There should be no compromise on either end. Love should not be left behind for the sake of standing against sin. Biblical truth, standing against sin, should not be left behind for the chance at loving someone or accepting them. To truly love the lost is to By the power of the Spirit and God's hand alone, tell them of their lostness and show them the way to be found. Doing this might feel like a lost cause because the general response to the tactic is, oh, you don't accept me how I am, so you don't love me at all. In fact, you hate everything about me. Whatever the response on the other end, our job as Christians remains the same. Yes, we are called to shine a light in the darkness. We are called to show the love of Christ to the lost in the world. This means we have to be rooted in the light, Jesus Christ, and his word. We have to come to him earnestly in prayer and compassion and love for those who will, we will soon encounter. Only by the power of God will the LGBTQ community see the gospel in our lives. If a social media campaign of reclaiming the rainbow's original meaning falls within these lines, then I see no problem with it. If noisy gongs and clanging cymbals precede the hashtag... It is better that nothing's written. So, to give a straightforward answer to the question at hand, is reclaiming the rainbow an adequate campaign? I say yes if done with truth and love. We are navigating how to share the gospel and love the LGBTQ plus community in an age where everything can be chalked up as a personal affront. It's not easy to stand for the biblical standard of sexuality or marriage, but it is vital and all the more rewarding to do so. There is much more that needs to be said, read, written on this topic. But for now, that's all that we have today. For show notes and additional resources used in this episode, visit the link in the description. For more Beggar and Bread programming, such as the Beggar and Bread blog, book reviews, and other works by me, check the link in the description as well. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with friends on social media. Check out the rest of Season 2 and follow our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook accounts to stay up to date on all things Beggar and Bread. I'm your host, Justin Bauer, and until next time, peace and grace.